Isn't that fantastic? Feels so good. So this month we're focusing on spiritual community. And we're here to um, invite you to um, find your spiritual community. God willing, this might be yours. We leave that up to you and your God. But we're here to talk about um, what it means to belong to a community and the gifts that come with it, the support, the prayers, the love, the being seen that is here for you. We also acknowledge the challenges that come with being inside of spiritual community, having to face your own ego, face your own judgments, face your own projections. Um, you know, the world uh, out there, the world of, that believes we are separate, points its fingers at everybody else and blames and judges everybody. If you haven't noticed, that doesn't move anything forward. The healing comes when we decide to go, oh, that which I'm pointing at is that which I am here to reveal and heal. And so spiritual community in its healthiest state creates a container of love and acceptance for all of us to bump into each other, to do that thing that we used to do, but this time um, find a space of love that we can melt into together. It's not the easy work. It's very easy to uh, get your feelings hurt or to think something's wrong and then go. That's, that's very easy to do, and you might choose to do that for X number of more times in your life. But here, we're interested in when the feathers get ruffled, how do we stay? How do we pray? How do we see each other's innocence and love each other into a new expression and experience of self and each other? That is the ultimate gift of spiritual community. When we love, when we pray, when we do spiritual practice, and it transforms us individually and collectively. Because wherever two or more are gathered, and there's a lot more than two in this room, when we say yes to this kind of awakening, personal and collective, it really does create a vibration for others to begin also having that same experience. And that's what we're here for. One of the things that brings all of us forward is this thing called an inner call. You know, in the Bible it says, many are called, but few are chosen. Now, when I was a child, I don't know about you, but if you heard that, that passage, that little sentence, um, it freaked me out because I imagined a bunch of people here and then God reveals himself and says, okay, I'll take you, you, and you. The rest of you can go burn in hell. And that really was the, that's what I was left with. So it was very scary to think of the idea, many are called, few are chosen. But as I grew spiritually and started metaphysically interpreting the Bible and awakening to the living word and realizing that many words are flipped around and misused, um, this passage came to me this way. Many are called, but few choose. Many are called, but few choose. Let's be with that for a moment. You're being called all the time. The spirit of your being is calling you to help someone out. The spirit of your being is calling you to speak a kind word. The spirit of your being is calling you to extend yourself. The spirit of your being is calling you to ask for help because the person right over there needs to give you what they have so that they can know the spirit of their being. The Spirit of God is working all the time, calling, hello, 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 will you answer? Will you answer? Many calls come your way. Few are chosen to be answered. This is the spiritual teaching that I want us to dive into, not in shame or blame, but in a deep curiosity of what is calling you. 
And where are you not listening? How is spirit calling you to give of yourself, to share your skills and talents, to be loved? Let's, let's put aside giving something because that freaks us out on a whole other level. Spirit is calling you to belong, to be loved, to be seen, to let yourself be fully inside of a group of people that will see you and love you and know you as their own. Spirit is calling you always for your uh, healing, for your revelation, for, I love the word awakening, for you awakening to the light and love that you are. So all the time, and yet we keep ourselves busy, we keep ourselves preoccupied. If you're like me, you keep yourself overwhelmed. Because if I'm overwhelmed, not with as much doing, by the way, overwhelmed with all the thinking and crazy making. That's what I'm overwhelmed with. If you sort of really, and I've done this for myself, if I sort of take, there are days where I have a lot to do, but mostly I'm overwhelmed by all of the stuff that is around it, that is made up. When I, when, I can lay, when I can lay that down for a moment, then I really do see that there is an availability within me to share, to give, connect, and receive. But to keep that away, to keep the walls up, I keep myself too busy. We know that that's the disease of our culture now. There's not enough time. There's not enough time. There always was the same amount of time. Time never shrunk we always have, you always have the now moment to be available to. So, so giving yourself to something greater, to a, a calling, to spiritual community, to um, something sacred that is blessing others. When you do that, the paradox is, and please hear this, this is when your time actually expands. This is when life somehow starts working and organizing itself differently and productivity is heightened and you're feeling better you're feeling more full you're feeling more connected that alone makes you more energetically attractive to accomplish and do things in your life so very often like it often like it often is here it's flipped over if we think we don't have enough time then we must find a way to give some time give some time away give some give so that others may prosper so that others may grow, so that others may feel better, so that others may know themselves as spiritual beings. When we give ourselves in that way, our time expands. Our good becomes multiplied. We don't give to get. Um, That's not the consciousness I'm speaking of. We must give from the goodness of our heart to truly receive the experience. And truth of the matter is, sometimes we just have to get giving to just have the breakthrough, to have the release. This is all possible inside of spiritual community. And we're always being called, but we must listen. When I was in California, when I received the call to move back home here and birth this spiritual center, it was a fantastic moment. And uh, as soon as I had the experience in my meditation, and and I told that story before, I won't tell that story, but after that, I had a moment where I was talking to God, and I said, okay, God, this is the deal. I will do this. I will answer this call. But this is between me and you. That's it. Because I, I knew that Agape, my spiritual home, had said they would bless me and help me along the way. I knew that Centers for Spiritual Living, which was an organization that we belonged to, also said they would bless me on the journey. But I also knew that they might not. I could not follow my calling dependent upon any person, place, or thing. 
It had to only be between me and God. I knew if that connection were made and that were established, then I could move forward. And if anyone came through, great. If people didn't come through, was not my business. I was not going to suffer the, um, the, the changing winds and tides that happen out here in the world. That was such a gift. It wasn't, I don't want to feel like I was all this great. I just happened to have that moment of understanding and I claimed it. I said, I'll answer this call and this is between me and the God of my being. This is true for you in every call, great and small. It is actually only between you and the God of your being. Other people will fail you. Other people will disappoint. Other people will do what they do. The world will do what it does. But when you answer your call, not between you and another person, but first between you and the God of your being, then your whole experience becomes different. Then the game becomes for you. Then everything that is happening is for you to deepen in your personal love affair. And in that, oh my gosh, the way the seas will part, the way the mountains will move, the way that life really will work in your favor when we answer the call between you, between yourself and the God of your being. I'm very excited today to let you know that we have joining our community, uh, they've been here for a while, but officially, um, uh, we have two new ministers that are um, here that are part of our Bodhi Spiritual Center. And what is fantastic is they have answered their call to be here, Reverend Amy and Reverend Daryl. Come on up. They, these are the... um, these are our first two um, ministers that have been birthed through the Bodhi Spiritual Center, so it's quite fantastic to, uh, to celebrate that. And they are here to, um, to extend the ministerial body, which I'm so grateful for, because 10 years of doing it alone, it's just not going to work for much longer. So, um, and what's beautiful is we're just different people. We're out to lunch this week talking about how Daryl really is the heart of service and, 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 and has a way of loving people and seeing people that is so fantastic. And Amy is that same love, but she loves leadership development and, and she just loves to bring out the best in people and watch them soar. And I just like a good party. Like that's just really what makes me happy. It's just if we can just have some fun together. So the three of us, I think, will be a fantastic, fantastic team. So I'm going to give each one of them a moment to speak to you about answering their call and what it means to them so that you can be related to them. Also, um, this afternoon, um, I have our, my monthly wrap with the Rev where you can come meet with me and, and, and I get to know you and you know me and more about Bodhi. Today, it's going to be all three of us that do the wrap with the Rev. So it's a special experience. So we ask you to come join us at 1245 in the second floor classroom where there'll be some food for you and the three of us will host that and you can get to know us more. But for now, I pass to our beloved Reverend Darrell. Thank you, Mark Anthony. So you guys might want to be scared. You've got three ministers wanting to talk. It could be a long afternoon. We've got to have some church up in here. Um, 
I will try to be as brief as I can. What I want to share with you today is a little bit about my personal journey and my call uh, that has culminated in this moment of saying yes to a literal letter of call. That is what uh, Amy, Reverend Amy and I have said yes to. We signed an agreement that's called a letter of call that we are going to commit to be in relationship with you and this community and to show up in a specific way of service. So I came to the very first service that, of Bodhi almost 10 years ago, and like many of you all, I was crying, snot was coming out my nose, and didn't know what was going on, but it was a signature of the divine to me that something good was stirring in my heart. And over the past 10 years, I have been on a journey. Sometimes it's looked like this. Sometimes it's looked like this. And everything in between. And the call that I answered uh, a while ago was very simple. Um, it, was, it was James Earl Jones inside my head as the voice of God saying, You are here to be loved and to love. And it freaked me out, man. I was like, what is that all about? I've never heard the voice of God. But whatever, for whatever reason, James Earl Jones was camping out in my dome. And he said those words. And I was just like, okay. But I didn't know what that meant. And uh, what I have found is that I keep, what I need to do is keep listening. Keep listening. What does that mean? And keep asking, what does it mean to love and be loved? In this moment right now, it's, it's me standing here with you and just sharing my heart. In the next five minutes, it may be something else. Tomorrow, it may be something else. Ten years from now, it's going to be something else. But there is a call placed upon me and within me to love and be loved and to constantly show up. And as long as I answer that call, everything is going to be all right. Everything is going to be all right. Um, I have no idea how I'm doing on time. So uh, there was a moment in 2006 where I, um, in terms of a, a, an actual commitment to do something, and that's the thing I want to challenge you all with, is like there's one thing to hear the call, and then there's putting the call into action. That's where God lives. Not an idea in your head, but in the living of your world. Amen? Okay, so... 2006, I'm in L.A., Reverend Michael Beckwith is screaming and hollering and talking and being his energetic self, and he said, some of you are hearing a call right now, but you're scared. I said, I'm scared. I'm scared. I don't know what it means. And I didn't know what it means, but I felt fear. I was scared because I was uncertain of what was to come next. But that's when I realized I had a choice, a choice to follow not knowing what was on the horizon, but knowing the feeling that to love and be loved was all I needed to do. And if I was in alignment with that, it would continue to lead and guide me. And it has led me here to this moment today. I have walked and found ways to be in love and to be out of love and to love and be loved and to question love and love, love, love and love up and down to the right, to the left. Hey, all that kind of love. I want you to join me and engaging in your call. I don't know what your call is, only you do. Right now, today, the engagement of my calling is to say yes to being a minister here in this community, saying yes to pastoral care, saying yes 
to sitting with anything and all things and knowing that God is in the middle of it. So I invite you to answer the call of your heart and see where it leads and guides you. Okay, you were funnier than at the first service. I don't have James Earl Jones as the voice of God. I hate to say it. My voice is a little quieter than that and not quite so salubrious. And you know what I'm talking about. So, you know, in the first service, we were sitting in meditation, and I realized that I've been on this journey pretty much my whole life. And um, I was raised in the Methodist church. My mom was a big-time Methodist. And, but somewhere right around high school, it wasn't working for me anymore. And I realized that I didn't feel any spirit when I would hear the minister pray. I didn't feel anything. And so I went on all, you know, checked out everything I could check out. And then as my life went along, I ended up getting divorced. And those of you who are divorced or who have gone through a big breakup, you know that often really kind of causes you to challenge what you've been doing. And, you know, in my case, it was really like figuring out, like, what the hell just happened? And I thought I was a good person, and why am I bringing this into my life? And so I traveled all around the world. I went to every spiritual place I could find. I read every book on callings that I could get my hands on. And then I found a unity church. One of my friends said, you know, you should go to unity. And actually, that's how I found Chicago Center for Spiritual Living, because um, Science of Mind magazine is our publication. And um, I read that magazine. I had no idea it was a denomination. I thought it was a just a magazine, and then I kept seeing Mark Anthony's picture everywhere, and I'm like, I think I'm supposed to go to that church. So when I walked into the second floor of Transitions Book Center about uh, nine years ago, what I noticed is people were way happier than me. People were so much happier than I was, and I'm like, I don't know what these people have, but I want some of it. And so I signed up for my first class, and it was somewhere in the middle of foundations that I realized I was called to be a minister. And um, I even said that to Mark Anthony at the end of the class. And then I went on the uh, autopilot of life. I was in my prac training and, you know, continuing in our teaching. And then I got transferred to Washington, D.C. almost immediately after I graduated from prac training. And just completely forgot about everything I learned, completely forgot about the calling, got all wrapped up in my job. But I lived away from everyone I loved, and I lived away from this community. And I didn't realize how important that was to me, to have a place where I could come, where people just loved me, because that was unlike anything I had ever experienced in my life. And I have a great family. I mean, it cracks me up to say that out loud now, but I didn't see that they loved me, because I did not love myself. And I think that's the heart of this teaching for me. It's like, as uh, Emma Curtis Hopkins says, if we have a vision of God, that then if we have that vision first, then it brings us into love. And when I'm saying vision, I don't mean like a grand vision where, you know, the booming James Earl Jones appears in my dream, but more just like looking toward God, really turning toward God, turning towards spiritual practice. Then love reveals itself as our life. And, um, and that's really been my experience of our teaching, and that's why I'm called to be a minister, because this teaching has made me happy on the inside. It's not on the outside anymore. 
And what I realize now, looking back, I want to say one thing about the calling is that, you know, on some level, I always knew what I was called to, but I wouldn't have named it being a minister. For me, it looked like it had more of an essence. It was about encouraging people. I remember when I was uh, in my mid-20s, I went to church with my now my ex-husband, but the minister was talking about Barnabas, this disciple who was the encourager. And I'm like, that's me. I'm the encourager. So, you know, I knew the essence of what I was here to do, but I didn't know what it looked like. And so I really want to challenge all of you. You know, there's an essence of something you're here to express. It might look like art for some of you. It might look like being in the service in the world in some way. You know, but there is an essence to it, and that's really the heart of your calling. And when we turn to spirit, then it begins to reveal itself. So, um, you know, we really have a great thing going here, and it's community month. And so I just really want to encourage everyone to, you know, think about taking a class or join a small group or just do something to connect to the people here. I know for me, it changed my life to have people who loved me when I didn't love myself. And so that's really the invitation I want to extend to everyone is to really deeply connect with this community. Thank you. (laughs) Reverend Amy, Reverend Gerald Jones. So let us turn within and pray together and get in touch with the call of spirit that is calling you, always calling you, always speaking to you. I invite our spiritual counselors to stand and hold this space with me and for me and for you. I invite our core council, our leadership to stand and hold this space also. God is all that's happening. God is one life, the one power, the one presence, magnificent and forever free. Here, right now, this presence and power knows no disease. It knows no discomfort. It knows no dissatisfaction. It has no distaste. It doesn't disempower. It lives in this moment as life, as freedom, as joy, as inclusion, as the one presence, whole, perfect, and complete sitting in the back of all that is occurring, smiling and just shining its forever free light. I know that this is who and what I am, as I know it's true for me. I know it's true for each one of us. We are that light. We are that power. We are that grace. We are that truth and that freedom. And in this knowing, I speak a blessing upon the call that is placed within each of our hearts. The call to shine our light more fully and freely. The call to be more fully ourselves. The call to receive help 
to allow others to be there for us, to, to be seen, to be loved, to share our gifts and our talents. We come together as a spiritual community to raise each other up, to pray for each other, to know the truth in the dark times, in the light times, in every time. We come together, and prayer is the foundation upon which we reveal God's grace, reveal God's grace, reveal more and more and more of God's grace. And in this community, miracles happen. Prayers are answered because we know they work. So here and now, allow the call that is on your heart to flower open and find within you the yes to it. When Spirit called you, you let this call come through. We reach our hands to you and lift you high. Let me encourage you. Let me speak life to you. You can depend on God to see you through. You can depend on me to pray for you. I pray for you. Sing along. You pray for me. me. And watch God change things. And watch God change things. (laughs) I pray for you. I pray for you. You pray for me. You pray for me. And watch God change things. And watch God change things. Look to the person next to you. Tell them about it. I pray for you. I pray for you. You pray for me. You pray for me. Watch God change things. Get up on your feet. Point to someone. It's time to worship. Come on. I pray for you. I pray for you. You pray for me. You pray for me. And watch God change things. It is.